0: everybody doing all right today Nice. I know if you look around today, it looks a little bit different. Thank you for joining us. If you're in the room live, thank you so much for being here today. If you're joining us online, which I know many, many of you are, I just want to take a moment to say thank you very, very much for making your morning, really building your morning around being in church, even if you're at home with your family or other friends. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. If you are new to the bridge, I just want to take a moment and welcome you and say thanks for being here. This is obviously a bit of a different kind of Sunday to be here for the very first time, but if that's you, we want you to know that we are so, so happy that you're here. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for planning your morning around being in church with us. We're so grateful. Um, We would love to meet you after service. And so I just want to encourage everybody, if you are here for the first time, stop by the Info Center. Before you go today, we'd love to meet you. If you have questions about the church, we'll tell you more about it, answer any questions you might have and how it is that you can get plugged in. We're grateful that you're here today and that you took the time in faith to be in the house of God. If you're joining us online, even for the first time, thank you so much. You can check out our website. You can download the Bridge app. We would love for you to get more connected. If you're a regular here at the Bridge, can we just put our hands together and welcome all of our guests this morning. Awesome. You saw everything that's coming up in church news. We're going to keep you posted from week to week. In fact, Pastor Gary is going to be sharing here in just a little bit later in service to talk to you about everything that's going on in church life. I'll let him handle all of that as we go. But please know everything that is scheduled right now, we are going forward with our regularly scheduled things. We will keep you up to date and keep you posted with everything that's going on. If there are any changes in the weeks ahead, that includes water baptisms that are coming up later this month. We'll keep you informed. Hey, listen, we are excited about Easter Sunday this year as well. We have our very First Good Friday service, but we'll keep you informed with all that as we get closer to what that's going to look like. In case you're wondering, things this week will remain the same. Bridge Women this Tuesday at 9:30, ladies. We're excited to have you this Tuesday morning. Bridge Youth will still we are still planning to meet this Wednesday night, unless uh, something else changes. So we'll keep you in the loop with that, and Pastor Gary will be talking to you more about that later on. So we'll keep you uh, we'll keep in touch with you and let you know what's happening. All right, so stay tuned for everything that's coming up. This past month or over the past few weeks, we've been in a series called Then Sings My Soul. Where we're looking back and reflecting and celebrating some of the great hymns and songs of the church. But more specifically, not just reflecting and celebrating those hymns. We're looking back and we're celebrating the truth that is found in God's word that inspired those hymns. And this morning, I have the honor of getting to speak to all of you who are here this morning and everybody online about my favorite hymn. And that hymn is called It Is Well, It Is Well. With my soul. How many people are familiar with this hymn? Maybe at home you know this one well. If you were raised in church, you probably know this one if you grew up in a little bit more of a traditional atmosphere where there were hymnals and hymns being sung on a weekly basis. This is my most favorite hymn for a number of reasons. And we'll talk a little bit more about the details of the song as we go through the message today. But I want to just take a moment and I want to talk to you about what it's like to live in a world where things can sometimes feel like they're out of our control. I think that we're living in a time right now, we're in this world we all feel like we don't know what's going to happen next. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But the good thing is, even if we don't know what tomorrow holds, I know the one who holds tomorrow. God is in control. He's got it all figured out. He knows the end from the beginning. and we don't have to live our lives in fear. But with that said, you know it's interesting, every single human being that has ever walked the face of the Earth, know what it's like, knows what it's like to walk through seasons or days of uncertainty. We all know it. Many of us, we've walked through good days and bad days. We've walked through good seasons and bad seasons. We've walked through times when life felt like it couldn't get any better, and we've all walked through times where we felt like life couldn't get any worse. And it's interesting because whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian, you're a believer or you don't yet believe or you don't believe, we all walk through life sometimes asking this age-old theological philosophical question, why do bad things happen to good people. We've all asked that question. We've all probably had somebody else ask us that question. And the truth is, the most honest answer that I can give to that, quest- to that question is simply this. I don't know. It seems like it's kind of out of my hands. But even though I don't know the answer to all of life's questions, I know the one who does, so therefore I can trust him with my life. I might not have the answers, but guess what? God does. God's not worried, God's not concerned, well he's concerned, he cares about our well-being, but God's not worried about the future, so I don't have to be worried about it either. And as we walk through life, especially as believers, we have to remind ourselves all the time that God is not requiring us to have the answers to all of life's questions, he's asking us to have faith. He's asking us to put our faith and our hope and our trust in him, even when we don't know what our next steps might hold. And I want to just refer very quickly to one passage of scripture that will be a a nice reminder of where it is that we're going today. For all of us who are Christians, when we live the days of our life trying to please God, there's one thing that we know we can do that will always be a pleasing act toward God. And it's found in Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But without faith, everybody say faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to god must believe that he is or that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him even if i don't have the answers to all of life's questions if i live a life that is putting my hope and my faith and my trust in god i can live a life that's pleasing to him and expect his blessing in my life even though i don't control all the circumstances around me And that's a big part of the context of the song or the hymn that we're going to look at today. God is glorified and pleased by unwavering faith in every season of life. Now, this old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, it was written in 1873 by a man named Horatio Spafford, And if you've been in church a long, long time, you're familiar with these songs, you might even know the story of this song. We're going to get to that later on. But before we do that, I just want to say that this song, It Is Well With My Soul, the chorus of the song is so short and so simple, it might be the shortest chorus of all of the great hymns of the church. The chorus goes like this, are you ready? It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. I had to sing that for you just one time because everybody was telling me to do it in first service. <laughs> but it's a very simple chorus that demonstrates a very profound truth. Now, I want to the, walk through the three verses that we're going to be singing later on in our service today. And I want to look at the scriptural truths that are found in the verses of this song that was written by Horatio Spafford. Look with me, if you will. This is what it says in the very first line or the first verse of the song. It says, when peace like a river attendeth my way, or when peace comes into my life or comes my way. But then there's the contrast. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, whether it's peace or it's sorrow, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well It is well with my soul. I want to give you three thoughts or three points today from the three verses that we're going to look at. If you're like me, you'd like to be a note taker and kind of take notes of the message. Here's the first thought that I want to share with you today, okay? Number one, because Christ has given me peace, it is well with my soul. I'll say it again. Because Christ has given me peace, it is well with my soul. With my soul. And right there in the middle or in the very beginning actually of this verse, what we see is a contrast of the difficult times and the good times of our life. When peace like a river, and then with sorrow comes into my life as well. I think it's so interesting the way that this is worded in the song. When peace like a river. Have you ever noticed that when you experience peace, it seems, in your life, it's when you're in times of serenity. When everything is going well, when you can handle the pace of life, when the things around you don't seem to be bothering you, when it seems like everything is going your way, you can manage this, you feel good about this, I'm not worried about it because life feels like it has a certain sense of serenity. And he writes these words, he says, when peace like a river attendeth My way. I remember when I was uh, in my early 20s, I went with some friends up to the mountains and we stayed at a cabin. And outside of the cabin there along the side of it, there was a creek that was just flowing with a peaceful stream of water. And out there, there were two trees with a hammock hanging in between. And I remember going out there and laying down in that hammock because I just sat there for a moment and it was so quiet and so peaceful. And that stream of water just ran by. And I remember laying there thinking, I can't think of anything more peaceful than this. And then pretty soon I fell asleep. And I'm not really a napper, okay? But I remember sitting there for, or laying there for about two hours and taking this long nap. And then as soon as I woke up, I looked around and it was like I didn't want to get up because I found myself in this incredibly peaceful situation. And it's such a good example of this because he says, when peace like a river attendeth my way. A lot of us, we tend to think of peace as being those times where everything is serene and everything is great and we're worried about nothing. Now hold on to that thought for a moment because I want to come back and I want to show it to you. From scripture, that's not exactly what peace is. But then he goes on and he contrasts that. He says, when sorrows like sea billows or sea waves roll. Billows is a word that we don't use very often. But what it really means literally is it means wave after wave of something crashing over us. And I don't know about you, but I've been through times in my life where I experienced sorrow or hurt or sadness or loss or grief. And it didn't feel like a river, a gentle river of grief that was passing me by. It felt like wave after wave of sorrow and sadness just continued to crash over me. Here's the only way I know to describe it. When I was 17 years old, I went to the beach with some of my friends. And I remember swimming there in the water, and there was this one big wave that came, and I tried to duck underneath it, but it didn't go as I planned, because as I went underneath that wave, it took me and it tumbled me and it rolled me over and kind of put me in the washing machine and held me under for longer than I had planned. And it scared me a little bit. It was a little unsettling. And I came up and I got my head above the water and I thought, okay, I'm all right. And then I turn around and here comes another one. And pretty soon one wave led to another wave. And as I go down to avoid it, I'm losing breath. And I come up to get more, but here comes another wave. And I remember reaching out to one of my friends who was nearby and saying, hey, I need a hand. I've been swimming my whole life, okay, but I've never had anything like that happen to me. And let me just tell you, it scared me. I was afraid for my life for a few minutes there. And it seems like that's exactly what happens when sorrows or sadness or difficulty come into our our life. It doesn't just gently roll by. No, it feels like it comes crashing wave one after another. Has anybody ever felt like life was just hitting you one after the other, one punch, one wave after the other? And I don't know what I'm gonna do because I can't catch my breath between these things. Spafford writes these words in the very first verse of the song and he's talking about what it's like to live in times of serenity and what it's like to live in times of difficulty. But then he goes on and he says, whatever my lot, no matter what season I'm in, whether it's peaceful seasons or seasons full of sorrow, God has taught me to say that it is well, it is well with my soul. Because Christ has given me peace, it is well with my soul. Let me show you this from scripture. Isaiah chapter 26, he writes these words, you will give them, the people of God, or excuse me, you will keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed or set on you because they trust in you. So then he declares, trust in the Lord for Yah, short for Yahweh or God, the Lord is everlasting strength. Is anybody grateful for that this morning? John 14, 25, these are the words of Jesus talking about peace and he's talking about how we as believers have the Holy Spirit living right here on the inside of us. He says, these things I have spoken to you While being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. And then finally, look at these words. Verse 27 Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Everybody say, My peace. peace. God's peace. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Here's what I want you to catch before we move forward. Scripturally speaking, peace is not the absence of conflict, but true peace is found with the presence of God is here in the midst of a storm. Say that one more time. True peace in the scriptural context is not found because of the absence of conflict. True peace is the presence of God in the middle of a storm. We don't know what peace is until we face storms in our life. But aren't you glad to know that when we face storms, the peace of God can keep us. He can hold us. He can maintain us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. He gives us his peace, so we're going to be okay no matter what happens around us. Anybody grateful for that this morning? Amen. Now, I want to keep going, but I just want to reiterate it one more time, the principle that we wrote. Because Christ has given me peace, it is well with my soul. Now, let's move on and look at the very next verse of this song because I love the words that Spafford writes. He says in verse 2, My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. He's not talking about the thought of a sin. He's talking about the thought of what God did with his sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, not just some of it, but the whole, all of my sin, everything I've ever done wrong. He goes on and says, It is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. When I read those words, the very first thing that comes to my mind is thank you, Jesus, for taking my sin upon you at the cross because you didn't have to do it. You didn't have to go all the way, but you did it for me. You didn't stop. You made it all the way through so that my sins could be put on his back at the cross, and because of that, I know what freedom is. That's our story. And this morning, if you're taking notes, here's the second thing I wanna share with you. Because Christ has given me Freedom has given you freedom because Christ has given us freedom. It is well with my soul. This is a powerful declaration because in this life there are burdens that we are going to have to bear. There are, there are stresses, there are challenges that come along with the responsibilities of life. Sometimes we're going to encounter hurt, sometimes we're going to encounter pain. There's not a promise that we won't encounter those things. Jesus said, you're going to face tribulations and trials, but guess what? Take heart because I have overcome the world. That's the good news that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But in talking about everything that Jesus did, the finished work of the cross, one thing I have to understand is even though there are certain burdens I must bear in this life, the greatest burden of all, the burden of my sin, is a burden that I don't have to bear anymore. Why? Because Jesus bore the ultimate burden that I could not carry, that you could not carry. And the good news is you can go forward and live your life in freedom because Jesus bore the ultimate burden of sin. That's good news. And it's really interesting because a lot of times what we can do is we can take the stuff that's going on in the world around us and we can look at the difficulties of life and we can say, "Uh, my salvation, yeah, that's great. But look at everything else that's going on. Can I tell you something? You could compound all the problems, all the challenges, all the circumstances of your life, put them in one big pile and look at how big they are. But if the burden of sin has not been dealt with by Jesus, it's so much bigger than any other problem we might have in life. And Jesus bore that burden. He solved that problem. He carried our sin to the cross so that that burden would not be ours to carry, but we could live our life in freedom. Scripture gives us all kinds of evidence about the significance of what Jesus did for us. And that's why I love this declaration. Because Christ has given me freedom, it is well with my soul. Romans 6 and verse 23, this is what it says. It says, for the wages of sin is death. If you think about that word wages, what's the cost of our sin? Death. That's the price that we should have to pay for the sins of our life. But look at what it says from there. But the gift of God, some translations say the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now watch this contrast. The wages of sin is death. Who paid the price for our sin? Jesus, so that we could have freedom. But the gift of God is eternal life. So get this, in life, I'm gonna have challenges. I'm gonna have challenges and tribulations and trials. But because of what Jesus did for me, in eternal life, I have freedom through Jesus, and I don't have to worry no matter what comes my way in this life, my eternity is set because of Jesus. It's this beautiful contrast that Jesus takes our place in this life. I have freedom in this life, and my eternity is set. My eternity is secure. And it's from that place of salvation and freedom that we can look ahead and not look at life as a worst-case scenario, but say, no, because Jesus bore my sin, because Jesus paid the price, I have all the freedom in the world to go out and live the life that God has called me to live. Listen, we might be surrounded by difficult circumstances in this season, in certain days of our life. But we have all of the reason in the world to hope that God has better days ahead. He has better plans for our life. That he has better purposes for our life. And because of what Jesus did, we can look ahead, hopefully, in everything that he still wants to do in and through our life. Amen? Amen. I'll amen myself there. This is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 2. I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Uh, Excuse me, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I have faith that no matter what I face in this life, in the flesh, that God's got better plans for my life because he gave his Son for me. He's given me true freedom. Romans 5, look at this, verse 6, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. In other words, my eternity is secure because of the price that Jesus paid. That's the good news. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. I love that thought. Because of what Jesus did for me, I have freedom, and it is well with my soul. Now, let's go forward and look at the third verse that we're going to sing later on today, and I want to show you some really cool truths that we can hold on to, okay? So what it says in verse three of the song, it says, "And Lord, haste the day, or hurry the day. hurry up, speed up the day, when my faith shall be sights. The things I'm believing for will be revealed right before my very eyes. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, important words, even so, it is well. With my soul, I want to give you a really interesting thing to think about, and this is the third thought of the third point of the message today. Okay, this is what I want you to think about a little bit when it comes to the future that God has for us. Number three, because Christ is coming back for me, it is well with my soul. Let me say this again because sometimes it seems like we don't talk about this enough. Because Christ is coming back for me, it is well with my soul. How many people grew up in church? You have like a long church background from the time that you were a kid. If you grew up like me from the time that I was a kid, it seems like we talked a lot about, you know, Jesus is coming back. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, it could be later on. And it seems like in days gone by, it was such a greater focus than maybe it is, you know, kind of across the church world these days. And I think there's reasons for that. I know there's a lot of people that are new in their faith, or maybe they haven't yet uh, received Christ as their Savior, accepted Him into their life. And we want to shoot for those people. We want to aim to meet those people right where they're at. But for those of us who are Christians, we need to keep in mind and remember that there is a day coming, we are going to be united with Christ. Jesus is coming back for his church. And that is good news. That's something to be hopeful about. But here's what I wanna say about this. Spafford wrote those words because there was a sense of hurt, there was a sense of grief, and there was a sense of loss that was going on in his life. And I'm gonna kinda reveal that to you in just a moment when we tell the story of this song. But everything he writes in that verse is a reflection of what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Thessalonican church in 1 Thessalonians 4, okay? Now, this is a passage of Scripture that it seems like we read it more at funerals than anywhere else, but it's a reminder of the truth of everything we have to look forward to. This is what it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, and Paul's talking to people who have experienced loss of their loved ones who were believers. I'm not trying to imply that context on the day that we're living in now, don't take it that way, but I'm simply telling you what it is that he was talking about when he wrote these words. He wrote these words in verse 13. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, or brothers and sisters, concerning those who have fallen asleep. Talking about people who have passed. Lest you sorrow, there's that word again, as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, the freedom we just talked about, even so, there's those beautiful two words. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall be with the Lord. And then he goes on and he says these final words, therefore, comfort one another with these words. All of us know what it's like to experience tragedy, loss, hurt, pain, or as the Apostle Paul says here, different kinds of sorrow in our life. And that was a big question that people in that specific church were asking as they lost people. And again, I'm not implying that on the context of our our world today today. But in that sense of what is to come, there were always these questions. And Paul says, listen, I want you to know. I don't want you to live in fear. I don't want you to have a sense of sorrow like the world has as those who have no hope. There are going to be times in this life where we experience sorrow and we experience sadness. But here's the thing. We don't experience sorrow hopelessly. We experience sorrow hope." fully because there was a day coming where Jesus is coming for us. And it ain't going to be like this forever. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. It might be when my lifetime is over. But as Spafford said, even so, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, or it's when my life is over, it is well with my soul. Why? Because I've made my peace with Christ. I've got freedom I've got peace and I know there's coming a day that I'm going to be united with Christ even if it doesn't happen until this life is over. What an amazing declaration and statement of faith. Now, Spafford wrote those words and he said, Lord, haste the day, hurry the day, speed up that day that I'm reunited with you or I'm united with you and my faith, it becomes sight. Is anybody here, maybe you're watching online you've ever been through a season where you just looked at God and said, God, things are tough. Speed up the day that I'm reunited with you, that I get to be with you in glory, that that thing I'm believing for in faith becomes sight. I'll tell you, I don't think God wants us to walk through our life discouraged like that, but I think we've all been through times where we're like, God, this feels like it's a little bit more than I can bear. And that's the context of what Spafford was writing in these lyrics. But basically what he was saying here is, I know there's a day coming that I'm going to be united with you, but even so, whether it's now, tomorrow, or I don't live to see it, because of the peace that I have with God because of the freedom I have with God even so it is well with my soul everything's going to be just fine of course that brings us to the place where we have to take that verse and understand what was going on in the writer's life because the story of the song it is well with my soul is an amazing story some of you might know it but if you don't I want to tell it to you this morning because it's going to help you to understand exactly why he wrote these words. It is Well With My Soul, again written by Horatio Spafford in 1873. Horatio Spafford was a wealthy attorney and businessman in Chicago, Illinois, in the mid 1800s. In 1870, his only son got sick and died of scarlet fever. In 1871, the great Chicago fire destroyed nearly all of his real estate investments. He was a wealthy man that were along the shores of Lake Michigan there in Chicago. Shortly thereafter, in search of inspiration and purpose, Horatio Spafford along with his wife and his four daughters decided to accompany the great evangelist D.L. Moody to England for his evangelistic crusades. But when a last minute business opportunity arose for Spafford, he decided to send his family ahead of him and then he would join them a few days later. So his family set sail For England on the French steamship, the Ville du Havre. On November 22nd, 1873, the Ville du Havre was struck by a Scottish steel ship called the Loch Urn, causing the ship to sink. That day that the ship sank, 226 passengers lost their lives, including Horatio Spafford's four daughters. It was the largest maritime casualty count of its kind until the sinking of the Titanic 40 years later. One of the survivors of the crash was Spafford's wife, Anna. Horatio received the news of his daughter's passing, and he was devastated. Upon being rescued and brought to safety in Wales, Anna sent Horatio, her husband, a telegram simply saying this. Saved alone, what shall I do? So Horatio boarded a ship for England to meet his wife. It was during that journey that the captain of the vessel guided the ship to the coordinates where it was believed that the Villa du Avre had sunk. That captain called for Horatio Spafford to inform him that they had reached the spot where his four daughters had perished in the North Atlantic Ocean. And as the story goes, it was at that time that Spafford began pinning the words to the famous hymn, It is well with my soul. I can't imagine a more devastating time that anybody could ever go through than what that man went through. If I'm honest with myself and I think about some of the harder times that I've ever walked through in life, they weren't as bad as that. They weren't so bad compared to that. Maybe here today and you've experienced unthinkable tragedy and loss and sorrow and suffering really in your life. I reached the end of the story and it puts the song in context and what I'm reminded is that no matter how difficult life might be, no matter how rough life might get, no matter what I might experience in the days of my life, the greatest statement of my faith is to stand up and say, no matter what's happened around me, on the inside of me, it is well with my soul. Might not be well in my flesh. Might not be well in my mind. And I might have fear. I might have grief. I might have sadness. I might have heartache over things that have happened around me. But when it comes deep inside, God has given me peace. God has given me freedom. I have a hope to look forward to in the future. So therefore, it is well with my soul. And rather than making a statement of heartache and a statement of failure and a statement that says everything's coming to an end, he stands up and says, No matter what's happened around me, the one thing I can hold on to is it is well with my soul. See, I think Horatio Spafford understood that in times of trouble, God is not my last resort, God is my first response. In times of uncertainty, God is my firm foundation. In times of weakness, God is my strength. In times of fear, God is my confidence. And in times of loss, God is my victory. And I want to say to you today that you might be looking at life and thinking, wow, I feel like I don't have a lot left or I feel like I've arrived at kind of a worst case scenario where this is rock bottom. Let me tell you something. If Jesus is in your camp, if Jesus is in your corner, you have so much to be hopeful for because your best days are always ahead of you. And I want to encourage you today with that thought, knowing that in the midst of any uncertainty or difficulty that you might be facing, choose to make a statement of faith that said, God, you're not going to be my last resort, you're going to be my first response. Even in a time of fear and uncertainty, you are my firm foundation, and on that I will stand. And even if I have nothing else in him, I have everything I need, then I can say, it is well with my soul. That's here in the room, if you just remain standing for just a moment, everybody that's online, I just wanna invite everybody to just join us in a prayerful moment, if you would. God, we thank you that no matter what's going on around us, we have peace on the inside, freedom on the inside, knowing that you've got everything under control and it is well with our soul. God, that's our declaration and our statement of faith today. Father, we don't stand as your people In uncertainty, we might live in uncertain times, but we have a sure foundation, the rock that is Jesus Christ that we build our life upon. And today, that is what we stand on. We thank you for that foundation that we have in Jesus' name. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed for one more moment here in the room and online, I just wanna take a moment to speak to you and ask you a simple question. Is it well? Is it well right here down deep inside in your heart and in your soul? Maybe you're here today and you've never made a decision to come into peace with with God through a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're at home right now watching online and you feel as though you're far from God, you're disconnected from God and you don't have that peace on the inside of you. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer here in just a moment but before we do that, I wanna let you know, God loved you so much that when we, you and I, all of us were lost in our sin, he sent Jesus to the earth to live a sinless, spotless life and die a death that he did not deserve. And take our sin upon him so that we could have the life that he came to bring. Today, if you don't have that life and you don't have peace with God, we're going to pray a prayer together. All you have to do is decide in your heart, make a decision in your heart, and then speak those words of confession right out loud. Today, I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Maybe you want to recommit your life to Jesus today and that will be the thing that brings that peace that you're lacking back into your life. That's you, I want to ask every single person to repeat it with you, but mean it with everything you have inside of you, whether you're in the room or you're watching online. We're going to say these words right out loud. Everybody repeat and say, Jesus, I thank you for going to the cross for me. I believe that you died for me, that you took my sin upon your back so that I could have your life in my life and into eternity. So today... I choose you as my Lord and as my Savior. Come in, lead me, guide me. I will walk with you all the days of my life and into eternity, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, hey, in this room right now, can we put our hands together and just welcome some new people into God's family? If that's you watching online, well done. Best decision you could ever make in life, best commitment you could ever make. Go ahead and be seated this morning. We have just a couple more moments. And Pastor Gary's gonna come and share here in just a second and talk to everybody. But as you're getting settled back in, real quick, I just wanna say this. If you are here today, and you made a decision. If you're in the room and you made a decision to follow Jesus, you recommitted your life to Jesus. We want to help you in your walk. Maybe you're watching online and you made that decision, but you can't be here today to get this. There's something we want to give you, and we encourage you to, in the coming weeks to be in church and get this. We want to give you a gift called the Next Seven Days. It's a simple tool to help you start your walk with God, to take your next steps in this journey and in this relationship. Right after service, we're going to have prayer teams right down here at the front of the platform. You can come up if you have a need, if you made a decision to follow Christ, whatever boat you're in there, just come on up, let them know you made that decision, and they will give you the book. We don't need anything from you. It's a free gift. We're here to help you take your next steps. We're grateful you made that decision. If you need to go quickly at the end of service, please stop by the next seven days desk out by the glass doors. We want to help you start your walk with God and take your next steps. Again, if you're going to be in the room in the next few weeks and you're watching online right now, please stop by the next seven days desk and let us know because we want to help you in your walk with God. One more time,
1: let's just welcome some new people into God's family. hey it's great to see you today those of you watching online i know most of our church is watching online and we appreciate you joining us today making your house god's house this morning worshiping and praying with us i want to just for a couple minutes share my heart before we're finished today Uh, as i said last week these are uncharted territories for us we've not been here before Uh, new things are happening we're dealing with some unusual stuff in this day we're living in Uh, We want to honor what our national leaders and our state leaders are saying, but we also want to keep God's house open to those who want to be here. So uh, it's, it's a little bit of a juggling act that's going on right now, but we're trying to accommodate faith and worship for everyone. One of the things that our president has asked is that today would be a day of prayer for our nation. I know you are a person of faith, and as you join us today, you're standing in faith for your family and your world. I want us as a church right now to take a moment and pray. Last week we talked about the fact that we're going to approach this season with common sense and with faith. And I want you to walk out your faith as God's put it in your heart. And today as we pray, I want you to pray with me. I mean, I think everybody needs to use common sense in what we're doing in everyday life but I also know we walk by faith, not by sight. We're going to trust God with the unseen, unknown areas of our lives. So I want you to join me right now. And let's pray for our homes, our safety, our nation. You know what? Ultimately, Jesus is the healer. Thank God for medicines, but God is the provider of every good and perfect gift. But let's pray together, and let's just ask God to bless us as a nation, to bring this bit of conflict time we have to an end and settle it quickly okay join me in prayer father today we at home and we here in the church building join our hearts and our faith together father we know that you are the author and the giver of every good and perfect gift and we trust you today with every area of our lives and father we use common sense and wisdom in approaching the challenges of this day but we also use faith and father we walk in faith today trusting you to protect us to cover us But now we, your people, ask for the sake of our nation, for our neighbors, for our friends, and those around the world that you would quickly send an answer to this coronavirus that we're dealing with, that you would quickly help us find a way to take care of it, that you, Father, yourself would step in and be a healer in people's lives who are dealing with the negative effects of this virus. God, you're bigger. You are ultimately our healer, and we trust you. But, Father, we quote from Psalms 91 today, and we say you are our God. You are our fortress. You are our protector and our helper. And, God, we ask you in this season to keep us safe, protect our families, protect our homes. God, keep us safe in your care. And, God, we thank you that quickly this crisis time will come to an end, and we'll be able to give you glory and honor for the great things you have done. We trust you. We turn our hearts to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now at this time in our service, we always worship God. Since you are at home today, as you worship God with us, we worship him with our giving. And I know it's different today than it was several years ago. Many of us give in different ways. There are four or five different ways we give here at the Bridge Church. I want to encourage you to continue to worship God with your giving as you normally do. God is our source. He will provide for us in this season and God's church will move forward for those of you in the house we'll give you instructions before we dismiss today but thank you for your support and your faithfulness in giving our online service comes to an end now we say thank you for joining us have a great great week God bless you